0: You know, a big thing in a big black thing in front of my face. I wish I didn't say that.
1: <laughs> uh, your hair looks good. What, tell me walk me through <laughs> what happened. Oh yeah, what an ordeal. So
0: so as you know I had quite longish hair. I was growing out my growing my hair out for um about two and a half years actually. Um, just to see what it would look like. You know, I wanted to see what I would look like with long hair. You know, it would be nice if there was just an app for that kind of thing, but I think there's not really is. inaccurate. It just
1: doesn't, it just doesn't look real enough to really satisfy.
0: No, but you need to get your specific you type of hair because hair. that was the thing. Yeah. Because I've got like curly hair, quite curly hair, as it turns out, very thick. Um, and it's I'm way curlier
1: the- than I think anyone expected, right?
0: Yeah, are, we, are you being serious there? I am being serious.
1: Yeah. Like, I, when I th- think of you and your hair, I don't think, oh, curly haired Michael. But right. when, when you had actually, short hair. Yeah, exactly. And then when you yeah. like actually grew out, it was way more of a fro than I ever thought it was going to be. It yeah, was, a bit of a Jew fro. It was very um, much.
0: Which I, I like. I like the curls. And as you can probably see, I've managed to keep them. But this is what happened. So maybe this ties into the next thing. I got a new job. Well, so hey,
1: like, um, this is so, the um, aforementioned good news that we yes. haven't talked about yet. Uh,
0: I won't say where the job is. Most people who know me know, where, you know what it is. If you don't, you can hit me up. Um, but yeah, so got a new job, and I thought, well, fuck this experiment. Yeah. Now and, you're in the uh, real world. Well, I don't want to go in because I was. This is the thing. I was tight ty- because it because my hair is so thick. I was just tying my hair back all the time because it was so like in the way it was. It, I hated it. It looked good maybe twice in a month, um, and so I started. I was starting this new job, and I and I thought I'll get a haircut. But hairdressers have been closed for months, and um, and then the week before I was meant to start this new job, hairdressers opened, but. They're all booked out.
1: Of course. Everyone wants their hair did.
0: Everyone wants their hair did. <laughs> um, and so the only option that I had was to go to a barber that was walk-in only.
1: And that's not normally your... You're a your salon dude. Well,
0: now that my... With longer hair, I, I wanted it done properly you,
1: know, you don't have to adjust it, it more. you don't have to it wasn't like a question of your masculinity i go right. to a hair salon you got very insecure suddenly where you felt like you needed to explain yourself uh, uh, I had, my, my hair was a lot longer and i just wanted to make sure it was <laughs> well to, i'll tell you why because of. i
0: i throughout the course of this growing out of the hair i did drop like a 90 bucks on a haircut and i said that to some people and they
1: were horrified yeah and it was but like they don't, a bit they indulgent. don't understand a bit vain you know a quality men's haircut it, it takes some it takes some time it takes some money you you know you, no one's like oh I see you got a uh, a jaguar but that cost a few pretty dollars didn't it it's like well yes mm. it did actually but it looks a million dollars
0: yes but I guess the issue there is it's like vanity uh, it's like so so much about your own vanity sure but so is a jaguar did you talking about a Jaguar like the animal? An animal, yes. Like okay. having
1: having a pet animal. No, I'm sure. talking about the car. If you're buying, like a you know two hundred thousand dollar car or whatever, like that's also a vanity statement, isn't it? I, I guess it is indirectly. It is.
0: Anyway, so I um I went to this barber. I, I waited around for an hour and a half to get in to a place that I didn't necessarily want to go in the first place, and the woman asked me what I wanted to do and I realized that I hadn't actually thought about what I wanted.
1: Yeah, you'd had because no I'd time. Been,
0: uh, <laughs> uh, because i have been growing out my hair so so long, I, you know, you get a little bit a little bit attached to it. And so I think I definitely miscommunicated to her what I wanted done. Um, and I kind of, I wanted to be a bit conservative with how much she took off just in case, because I, I thought, you, you know, you can always take off more. Uh-huh. And so I gave her kind of vague instructions. Um, and Did she you give reference she, points? Were you like, I well, want it to look
1: like, you know, Jason Schwartzman or...
0: Yeah. Um, give me the Schwartzman. Um, so, no, I didn't do that initially and I should have. But the, here's the other thing. And this comes back again to my, you know, insecurity or, you know, masculinity or ego problem. I don't like the idea of saying to a hairdresser, hey, I found these photos of men that I want to look like. Uh-huh. Can you do that?
1: Because you feel like they'll so say, well, you don't have a Clooney jawline, so it doesn't really matter what we right. do hair-wise. Nothing's going to fix that.
0: Right. But the interesting thing is I had looked those up. I, had, I you do, have, have you photos... do have
1: the photos saved on I your phone where you're photo. like, this is what I want it to be.
0: Yeah, but I just didn't tell her because oh. um, because of my ego. Toxic masculinity, so, really, and also for, it, it just
1: is, it ha- it has lots of victims. It includes, yeah,
0: most of which ourselves. Yes, Not um, toxic males. <laughs> <That was. laughs> sure. Um, so, and also from a hair, hairdresser's point of view, I mean. Your job is so much easier if you just have a, refer- a visual reference point. Yeah, it? yeah. Like they don't care. Yeah. They're not, oh, look at this fucking douchebag wanting to look like James Franco. Yeah. That was one of the guys. Um, and so I gave her kind of vague instructions, walked out. I, You know, you do that thing. You had a, had a long walk back to the car,
1: and I got like a couple of gl- I'm checking every reflection on the way. Okay, before you go outside, yeah. you're staring at yourself in a mirror this whole time. Yeah. Walk me through your thought process here. Are you like this is looking good. This is looking good. This is not looking good. I was thinking it was looking good. Okay. It was looking like in my head
0: um it was looking like uh, Simon Baker. You know he's got that kind of
1: okay. lo- like curly yeah, I haven't se- thing I haven't, that's long. Have kept up with that. Yeah, I kept up. <laughs> haven't kept up with what he's been doing since then. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Of course I can instantly pull in mind Simon Baker's haircut. Yeah.
0: I always thought I mean I never watched any of those shows, but when my mum did, I always thought he had cool hair. And so a But guy. your hair's kind of your hair's kind of wet when you're coming out of the hairdresser. And you don't I don't think get a really if your hair is still wet, you don't really get a good representation of what your hair's actually
1: looking like. So in my head Wait, I was thinking, it, Yeah,
0: this looks pretty good.
1: It's still wet because they've washed it and then cut it, but they haven't hair dried you. They haven't put any like product in or anything to style it. No, this is a barber. Yeah. So Um, they don't put product in or anything. Well, they don't wash your hair. This is just spray. So why is your hair? Oh, they're spraying. Okay. Spraying the water. But they have a hair dryer, surely.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It was kind of like a get in, get out kind of thing. Okay um so then i'm walking back checking my reflection on every window and but at some point at
1: some point right sorry to cut you off at some point at the Mm. end of that haircut she's like what do you think right like she's showing you the back of the haircut you're staring at yourself Mm. in the mirror and she says Mm. all good
0: yeah so this is the other thing and this will this will come back (laughs) to the um to the end of this story as well is that I don't have the heart to say no. Uh, this is not what I wanted. So whatever she gives me, I'm going to say yes. Great. Thank you. Wow. Anyway, so by the time I get back to my car, I've decided I'm going to have to go get another haircut. That quick? But I had it in my head. It wasn't looking that bad. I got home and I was like, mm, this is all right. Yeah. I saw it. Uh, it didn't
1: look that bad to me either.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think, I mean, I just didn't. Expressed to her what I wanted because I didn't really know. But then I I had a few days with it and I was like, all right, this is the... I have more of an idea of what I want now. So then I go to a different barber because I'm not going to go back to the same one just (laughs) in case the same barber is there Uh and she goes, oh my God, you don't like my haircut? What the fuck? And and I embarrass her. So I went to a completely different barber (laughs) and this experience that i had was horrendous it was like i haven't been waterboarded or you know um
1: uh, you have been punched to, um... in the face a few times
0: <laughs> oh i would I'd take a couple of punches in the face compared to this experience
1: wow. what are they called what are
0: they called prisoners of war torture it was torture and i'll tell you why so i booked in for this one and went straight in and i said to the guy i want a scissor cut i don't want to rate i don't want to clip a clipper cut It's like a young, like 19, 20 year old kid, kind of (laughs) smelly. And he, I said, Do you want to, I said, uh, I want a scissor cut, not a clipper cut. And his face, I'm not kidding you, drops. And I go, Can you not do that? And he, he goes, Um, and the owner, clearly, it looks like the owner because he's the one that's, you know, being proactive, greeting you as you come in and stuff. He goes, He overhears this and he's cutting someone else's hair. He goes, do you want to swap? And I think, <laughs> if you have to say that, fucking yes. <laughs> fucking swap. I don't want to be experimented on. But then this kid goes, nah, it's all good. And I'm going, oh, my God. Like, what am I What am I going to do now? What am I going to go? What Am I going to go, yeah, dude, like, seriously, I'll just wait. Like, I mean, that's probably what I should have done. Uh-huh. But, again, I'm a fucking pussy and my ego gets the better of me. And I don't even know if it's ego. It's like, it's like not it's, wanting it's, to ruffle any feathers. Of ego. Almost.
1: Yeah. It's like, mm. I don't want to be a hassle, whatever that yeah. is. It's a lack of assertiveness in that respect, isn't it? It's like, this isn't actually yeah. what I want. And I'll just yeah. tell you that. Yeah. And
0: yeah, have my, I mean, this is one, one thing as I was growing up was, which was a, a thing that my dad always like drilled into me or, you know, not made fun of me, but really got stuck into me if I didn't do it was being assertive yeah. in those type of situations. And it's just, I've never learned it. Mm. Um And so he, this is the first thing he does. Now, keep in mind that I've at this point got, you know, my hair's dry, not dry, dry, but it's like, it doesn't have any moisture in it. Cause I, I'm not coming out of the shower or anything. It's just like, you know, like now, And the first thing this kid does, I could tell in his head, he was like procrastinating and trying to think of how he was going
1: to do this. Right. I was just looking at him intensely in the mirror. You could see his thought process on his face. He's like
0: adjusting my chair a few times, Uh you know, up and down and then twisting. And then the first thing he does was get a comb through my dry hair and just tries to pull it. What? And And he's just yanking it. And he's just trying to get the comb through, and I said oh. to him, "Uh, you might need a, you might need a wet." He's like, he's like breaking my hair. I said, oh. might, you might, you might need a, you might need to wet my hair. It's uh, pretty, uh, pretty thick." And he goes, "Yeah, good call." <laughs> yeah, I know, dude. Oh my god. So then, for the next half an hour, I just sit there while this guy. And so for this one, I had pictures Uh and I said, I had had pictures of, of James Franco. I'm just going to say it. Um, Okay. Show me the photo. Just because he's, he's got the same kind of hair. Oh, this is so embarrassing. Does he have the same kind of hair? I think so. He's got, well, he's got like a nice kind of wavy look that I was kind of after. Uh Uh-huh. Um. Okay, yeah. No, I can see that. A bit of a James... It's a James Danny thing, but he's got like... Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I've got. No, yeah. So, I sit there for half an hour while I, I, I'm just... I, I'm so, like, stuck and wanting to say something. I'm, like, going over in my head, just... Not because, like, what's coming out is necessarily bad, like I'm ending up with a mullet or anything... But because I can just tell that this guy has no idea what he's doing, yeah. And I don't want to embarrass him. I don't want to say, you know, hey mate, uh, I'm just gonna. Can I just? Can I get the other guy? The owner yeah. to take over with the scissors. And so, and I'm just kind of thinking in my head. I'm hoping that he goes. This is what I had planned. He goes to the bathroom or something, and then I say to the owner, "Hey mate, can you take over? I don't want to embarrass this guy." That's what I was hoping for. Have you Doesn't ever happen. known
1: a barber to go to the bathroom in the middle of a cut?
0: Well, I've known them to go take phone calls in the back or something. Okay, I don't know. By the way, this guy had massive bo as well. I just had mm. his armpits in my face. It was terrible, mm. and so I just sit through this uh, haircut. It was, it was, it was, it was such a such a horrible experience. And, so what?
1: Um, what? So, what so, forgive me because I don't yeah i haven't been to a barber but like what's a razor cut by comparison so why is that it, he just basically goes okay number two on the side and yeah. just cut like cut a bit off the top for length yeah. and that's it right walk out i the think door.
0: that's what he's that's what he's used to he'd 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 probably do you know 10 15 haircuts a day yeah and he's he's a young guy so i imagine he's just starting out and so he was he knows what he's doing there probably but yeah with the scissors it's kind of a massive curveball sure um and by the way, if he just said, um, nah, I can't I can't really do a scissor cut, cool. That's Sweet fine. as, yeah. I don't care. Just don't tell me that you can do it, and then I'm left with something that I really don't want. And um, anyway, so I sit through this, uh, I'm kind of angry, I'm kind of trying to let him, I'm being really passive aggressive, I'm trying to let him know that I'm not happy with what's happening, but without saying anything, and I, this is how I let him know, I... Once the haircut was finished, he um, he said, uh, show, showed me the back or whatever. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just giving him really short answers. I'm not talking to him at all. And I gave I gave him a look. I probably didn't. I probably smiled at him, but in my head, I was like being really mean. I gave him a look and just tapped my card and got the fuck out of there. Anyway, um, the haircut didn't turn out that bad. Um, this is what you're currently rocking. This is currently what I'm with. I'll take a.
1: I think it looks pretty good.
0: It does, uh, which I I just don't know. He fluked it. He he fluked it, and it <laughs> so was like did, pretty much exactly it, what I wanted.
1: Yeah, were you watching it all the way through, and you were too caught up in the fear that it was going wrong to notice that it was going okay. Just the
0: way that we got there, yeah, it was so was... unpleasant was so unpleasant and so uncomfortable and I just the whole time I'm thinking there's no way this can turn out well. Yeah. And in my head I'm thinking, I don't want him to do I just don't want this is gonna be a bad haircut. I just don't want him to take, you know, too much off so that it's like I'm I'm Ruined. already thinking of going back to the first barber again for a third haircut Jesus. in a week. Um but yeah, it turned out alright. Um so yeah. I mean I'm definitely not going back there but Yeah. You know, it didn't, t- didn't turn out too bad
1: So that, I suppose, the headline there is Congrats on your new job
0: Yeah, thanks <laughs> uh,
1: Welcome to Deep everybody Yay, we did it We made it through the Trump presidency And we're so excited to have you here It is a podcast And today, you know what we're talking about Sitting through the internet with me My friend Michael with his snazzy new hair politics and my name's nick hi nick hi um if we have ongoing hair chat i think we should have a segment called there's a hair in there Play school.
0: <laughs> um shouldn't it be something like um snip snip uh snip chat? could be Snipchat. yeah yeah we'll work it so wait we have
1: you, a snip chat you're... SnipChat is well, all about parsnips. <laughs> that's, oh, yeah. That's a, that's a, we can't double up. We've we got a... SnipChat co- 2, S- Snip edition. Two. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm trying to, to eliminate
0: to... the confusion at the, just, at the source. <laughs> we'll, do
1: it. we'll do it after the fact. There's yep. still plenty of parsnip fans out there that deserve another update. Yep. Um, sorry, what were you going to say?
0: I was going to say you are calling the election right now. Now we should say that this is six thirty PM on Thursday night. Correct.
1: So um, we
0: don't know really By we were, we were plan we were hoping to do a post immediately post election pod. Yes. Like we did last time.
1: Yes. We were um, uh we were all scheduled for yesterday, Wednesday, but factors intervened, which was fine, and as it turned out the uh situation was blurry enough to be a little bit uncertain over today, Thursday. That has now clarified quite a lot. Biden seems in a pretty good track to take this thing, even though it is not quite fully counted. Um, and I believe the uh, the New York Times has quite a good um, sort of summary of of the situation as it stands. By their estimation, in terms of the remaining five states, which need to be Sort of, which are the swing states that need to be decided? Biden has 27 ways to win. Mm. There is one tie, and Trump has four ways to win. So, by you know, uh, it's not impossible that Trump walks away with this, but by the way the numbers are going, with the leads that Biden has in the states that still remain, and where the ballots that need to be counted are coming from, it seems a lot more optimistic that Biden is going to get enough electoral college votes to seal this thing.
0: Yeah, pretty crazy. <clears throat> I um I put a hundred bucks. I know you're not a gambling man, but I put a hundred bucks on Biden um, when he was paying a dollar fifty, and um, the odds changed so rapidly over the course of yesterday afternoon and last night right. that I I got so so. I bought I bought by Biden for $1.50, at $1.50. Um and then he went out to he blew out to $4.20 or something wow. like that. So um a couple of uh, one of my friends Dave um he I think he he snapped that up when that blew out. He bought it at $4.20. Yeah. But um yeah, it looks like I, I should make a cool 50 on that one.
1: Nice. Hopefully. So um I suppose the, the, the result still being somewhat up in the air, and indeed, by the time I edit this podcast tomorrow and get it out, we will probably have a much clearer picture of whether or not everything we're about to say is true. <laughs> but mm. as it currently stands, how do you feel about this electoral process? I mean, there's a lot of different angles here. There is the, the Trump claiming he won there is the like ongoing attempts to um write this off as fraud by s- simply counting all of the votes he's calling that fraud how are you feeling yesterday as you watched stuff come through did you have any time to really pay attention to it i was
0: i went over to dave's house uh, with a couple of friends and we drank beers and watched it like it was a football match it was amazing um and yeah we we watched that Trump speech in which he said absolutely nothing. Did you watch that?
1: I've seen clips but I didn't subject myself to it. It was
0: embarrassing. That's the thing that I feel mo I mean that's one of the things um that I've really has really um become apparent to me is that the Republican Party and especially the White House team and the Trump team are fucking embarrassing. I mean the way that they are trying to um to project as strength and this winning kind of uh, per, this winning kind of persona is just so pathetic and you can tell in the in Trump's manner that he's scared and before the polls closed in the morning, I, I saw an interview with him and he, and he was talking about, you know, he was like, you know, winning doesn't come easy to me, you know, uh, I'm, I usually win, but... Uh, you mean losing uh, uh, doesn't winning, come easy. You know, if I lose and I could lose. I mean, I, I just can't... I mean, have you ever seen... Has anyone ever seen this guy admit any sort of losing? No. No. And yet this is such a direct and obvious example of someone losing something you lose yeah and um and also because he's the incumbent president it's like even more losing because most incumbent pres- presidents win a second term so this is such so, it's so like poetic in a way that if he does lose this if he does not win a second term that he has so famously lost something. Yeah. And no one, I mean he's going to try and dispute it, but you know, he's not going to be able to really do that.
1: The um not only it's not like running for a job and missing out on it, right? It's it's not like being a presidential candidate and then like Hillary takes it and you didn't get the job. This time it it's is kind I, like I had fired. It yeah, exactly. This time he had <laughs> the job and he got fired. He could have mm. You know, if if the American people wanted, he could have, um, you know, been given four more years of this. And they said, no, we don't like what you're doing. Get out of there. Yeah. Um, like, that is the most direct, as you say, assault on his ego. And this is a man who has the most fragile of egos, who can never admit anything was ever wrong, that he ever made a mistake, that anything he did was never true. You know, this is a guy who drew a fucking... A marker loop on a hurricane map so that it supposedly proved that yesterday when he said the wrong states were going to be hit by the hurricane that actually no now he has a map which shows that it was going to go there like so fragile and yeah. as a result of everyone knowing that <laughs> the reaction he's had which is that well people kind of just voted against me there must be like a systemic fraud or a <laughs> like um, yeah, illegal collusive act to like oust me. It, yeah. It's, it, it's, it, it is like a pathological problem where he seems incapable of <laughs> <laughs> accepting a failure, right?
0: And also astoundingly not seemingly grasping the concept of mail in voting. Yeah. And like, he's like, we were winning. We were winning Michigan. Sorry, I keep doing the Trump voice. I want to so because I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be you able to keep do it much longer. Yeah. You know? you know, we were winning Michigan, and then all of a sudden they said we weren't winning. I mean, where did all these vo- where did all these votes come from? I'm like, well, they're the they're the mail in votes that that got counted. <laughs> yeah. Like.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. You know, he, he's, he he. You've got a team of people around you. I mean that that's probably the issue. They're not telling you. No the information that you should be hearing because you haven't created that environment for them to be able to tell you the truth.
1: Well, and anyone who told you the truth, you got rid of, right? Like the number of people who've moved in and out of that office in the past four years is is pretty crazy. But um, the the narrative yesterday, a little bit, was talking about the democratic failures. And it's true, there were oversights. You know, if, if Joe Biden had done a better job you know, appealing to the Latino vote, for instance, maybe they would have carried Florida and Florida, and the whole thing would have been done yesterday. Those are valid criticisms. Um, if they'd picked a more progressive candidate, maybe, maybe that would have, you know, inspired more people to get out. Who knows? Totally, all valid. But all of those discussions predict, like, uh, that they almost ignore or push aside what to outsiders what to people looking on from other countries see as this incredibly like broken electoral system right where we have seen so many ways in which the the thing is undemocratic the you know the gerrymandering well, sorry you've got
0: what's uh, you were, i interrupted you as you're explaining the thing i was about to ask you but is it is it really a broken system
1: I think that that's very true. I mean, I, I I think the numbers now, assuming that Biden gets elected again, we don't know. It could all be shown to be an incredible waste of time tomorrow if the, the votes come in differently. But um, I think it, you know, it's looking decent. If that was the case, seven of the last uh, presidential elections the Democrats had a high number of popular votes, like just raw, I vote Biden. But because of the nature of the Electoral College and where those votes are, they didn't get enough to secure the um, presidency. And so the the simple fact that a basic majority doesn't earn you power is, I think, undemocratic, right? That I think that's a fairly fundamental aspect of democracy, right? Is that the most popular idea or the most popular um, person, candidate gets in, right? That's that's a fairly basic tenet of how we do society, right? So mm. all of this stuff where it's like, okay, you need a certain kind of voter ID and that disenfranchises you know, members in minority communities. We're going to get rid of polling booths so that you have to be able to spend eight or nine hours queuing up in order to be able to pass it Um, you know cast a vote if you can't do that because you've got work or you've you know can't find the time because you've got kids or you don't have the money to drive over to the nearest polling station then you don't get to vote right or well maybe we'll vote by mail well we'll defund the fucking postal service so that all your ballots get delayed and then if it arrives after election day well we'll just say that those don't count anymore like all the number of systemic issues here I think within the American, you know, population, it's certainly known and talked about, but at the same time, every time they do this kind of post-election analysis or indeed, you know, during the counting process, there's all this, like, you know, galaxy brain takes, like, how how did Joe Biden lose this? How does this all go wrong? It just always seems to over, overlook the number of ways in which it was a fucking uphill battle. Like, it is insane the extent to which... That process is, is just fucked, right? Like we take yeah, for granted I mean, the-, the idea that every citizen in Australia or every citizen in New Zealand gets to vote. No one's trying to stop you voting, and yet that's mm. that's the way of things over there.
0: Yeah, we 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 make things relatively easy for people here and, and where you are, um, but it seems like in America they're putting up hurdles. Like, like we don't want you to vote. Go vote, but we're going to make it tough for you. But interestingly, there's been a higher voter turnout. So Trump is actually getting more votes than he did last election. Yeah. but And Joe Biden has gotten more votes than any candidate in ever. In history, yeah. In history. But interestingly, um, I just thought I'd bring this up, that um, the black male vote for Trump actually increased by 13% from 2016, um, from 13% to 18% this year and the black female vote for trump doubled from 4
1: to 8% but the black female um, vote was 90% biden though was the thing so those those yeah. changes are, are valid but at the same time the predominant um direction of of you know the black community was definitely democratic but i, I do take your sure. point sure
0: it is inter- yeah I, I, the point is only that it is interesting that over the last 4 years trump has been able to Uh, appeal to (laughs) double the amount of black females in the United States than (laughs) 2016
1: yeah I mean the most insane part of yesterday I think was seeing 60 plus million people decide that yeah I want to see him in power again right like that's the thing which was so just unbelievable (laughs) And you know it's It's hard to completely understand someone else's life, but you know, we from an outsider perspective, like just the number of fucking things. Even if you were like a centrist Republican, like a Republican who does it for economic purposes or whatever, looking at that guy and being like, just a walking scandal. (laughs) How 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 can you bring yourself to still do it? Why not just sit it out? You know.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, I was thinking about this today. Like, it's so interesting that the world, if you flick onto the BBC News or ABC News, I mean, both of those networks don't really have an agenda, but you can kind of get the sense from them that they're kind of like, H- how is this guy even... How does this guy even have a chance? Like, the rest of the world kind of looks at America in that way. Like, how is... Trump your guy. How do you explain that? How do you explain that Americans um love him so much? I mean, he's 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 clearly a media genius. He's convinced that he's convinced the poorest people in America that he's one of them and that he's fighting for them. I mean, that's genius in a way. But how do you explain the world looking at American politics thinking How is, we we don't even understand this, and
1: yet people in America are just like,
0: fuck yeah, Donald Trump.
1: Well, I mean, I think the most, there's obviously so many factors in that. There's there's one which is that the media ecosystem in um, America is so partisan that if you're in the Fox News world, you just don't hear any other perspective outside of it. So you don't really, if you-
0: Wouldn't you say that, it's partisan both ways cnn is partisan as well
1: for sure cnn's always interested in entertainment before journalism so they they will try and do things the most sensational way they will you know they want people to tune in they want you know ratings they're not a particularly beloved institution i don't think um but well, yes, MSNBC, I,
0: I, I mean, you can take your pick.
1: Yes, yeah, I, I, I that was just an, an aside, I suppose. MSNBC, of course, yes, is a left-leaning network. But the, um, the thing is that I think if you're in that bubble, like the the degree of partisan slant of um, MSNBC versus uh, Fox News, it's not equivalent. Fox News is a degree of like anti reality that is not comparable to MSNBC's interpretation of reality, if you know what I mean. Like, MSNBC yeah, will, will see really true. see the facts or the situations through a lens in which, you know, their liberal policies are reflected. They're more reasonable. <laughs> but the Fox News uh, perspective on things is literally... It's not connected to <laughs> the rest of the world. Um, so if you're in that, then you, you don't really ever see anything outside of that any sort of um messaging from the president about it is you know the press of the enemy of the people they're beating me up all this kind of thing you just kind of you you you're not incentivized to go look elsewhere right unless you, you you take that leap so there there's that like kind of this is an unfair word but like there's the cultish aspect of it whereas like for those people, if you're in it, then you've got to be in. And then, if you're in it so hard that it's like something you've invested in, or something that you've voted for, or something, there's that thing of like, I. It's very hard for any person in any circumstance to admit you're wrong, right? It is a. It takes a certain degree of, uh, you know, intellectual rigor slash emotional fortitude slash um, sensitivity uh you know to be able to look at something you did and go yeah i fucked that up i i was not i was off base i didn't do the right thing and that was uh, that had consequences you know that, that in any circumstance in any context people struggle to do that because it's it's a degree of humility which is really difficult and right. so i think there's also yeah. a, a part where it's like fuck i'm on this roller coaster now and i i, I can't get off because getting off <laughs> means confronting a truth that is unpalatable, right? Confronting an identity issue that is not something you want to, you know, have to reckon with. Um, Why did I let this person convince me of things? Why why could I not see, you know, the problems in his behaviour or his manner or his, you know, policies? So that's quite difficult. And then I think Mm. finally... When you look at the votes and it says something like, oh, 48% to 51% or whatever the, the final tallies are going to be, right? You think, oh my God, half of America said they want this guy back. And sure, it might be like 65 million people or something like that, 70 million people. I'm not sure what the final totals are sitting at at the moment. But the other thing you got to remember is that it's it's so hard to vote for so many people that those counts are not actually representative of the um, entire population of the U S you know, some of the polling that we saw going into this election season was, you know, Trump is historically unpopular. He's going to an a rating of 35% or something. And Biden is the preferred pre- president by like 55%. And then you come into the election, you're like, "Oh, it's basically 50, 50. How did that happen? It's, because of all of these institutional voting um, you know, suppression techniques that have taken place where people might have this opinion, but because they can't get to the polls, they can't wait for eight hours, they need an ID they don't have, they've been gerrymandered into a district that doesn't count. All of these kind of uh, systemic issues then prevent them from actually having their say. So it's... Mm much closer in person because a whole bunch of people were unable to actually get to cast a vote, you know. Right.
0: Well, here's a follow-up question. How do you explain the disparity between the polls and what actually happens on voting day because we've seen it again happen that the polls have no idea what's happening.
1: I I I think that they are definitely you know, somewhat mediocre. I'm gonna defer that question just a little bit because they're still counting, and we we just said you know Trump was an idiot for making claims about things when the the counts haven't come in. I'm gonna wait and see what some of these final tallies end up looking at before I, you know, try and compare them to the polls. Right, uh, but the, but the polls were predicting a Biden landslide, and that hasn't happened. Were they predicting a landslide, or were they I saying so. it's a possibility? They they said that you know a lot of them would say that Biden would win. Um, and there there is an aspect here, of course, which is that the um, pandemic made things. It's through a whole unpredictability wrench into the works. So yeah. I think there is probably a degree of latitude needed to the poll. You know, people to to try and. <laughs> having to try and work out how that was going to affect things this year when it's like not historically happened before is quite a complicated task that's not excusing everything yeah, it's, but yeah it's
0: it's interesting to think um i mean has the coronavirus somehow you know helped joe biden i mean it probably has do you think do you think the coronavirus has cost joe uh donald trump the election you can imagine yeah probably
1: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it it completely derailed any other um, messaging he could try and get across in that last month. It crashed the economy.
0: He could have have easily, if he was up to it, it could have won him the election decidedly.
1: Yeah, we talked about that last podcast. If he'd actually done a good job, if he'd taken it seriously, a, a good handling of crises endears a leader to its population um it you know yeah. that's We've the ultimate irony around. yeah but the um i think it probably did end up costing him the election because his his only thing that he liked to parrot on about was the economy and the economy created you know people really suffered this year they didn't get um you know financial support they lost their jobs all this kind of thing it's a really bad look mm. to be entering an election season and being like you want more of this right and (laughs) what this is is i've been locked in my house for eight months and i don't have a job um you know i think it probably didn't help to say the very least yeah (laughs) um well thank you coronavirus (laughs) (laughs) i mean that is the ultimate tragedy of it is that in the midst of all of it on election day, there were 100,000 new cases of coronavirus in the US and yeah. like 1,200 deaths. And, like they're 1, and they're going into winter. And they're going into winter and it's getting worse. And like, again, that backdrop, you just look at it as a, you know, an international citizen looking on at the world and being like, he has cost like 240000 Thousand U.S. lives now. How many people have died? Two hundred and twenty thousand. Um, the like insanity of being like, you know, what? I think he's done a pretty good job of this. <laughs> it's like uh, that's the yeah. baffling thing. I mean, he still got
0: more votes than he did last time. Yeah, two hundred forty
1: thousand so, total deaths currently.
0: So it's still not that big of an issue for a large majority of Americans.
1: I mean, I'm curious. Do you know? Is the increase in votes proportional to the increase in U.S. population? Oh, I don't know. I, I think I, I don't have, I have yeah. no idea. Because that but could what's be the an increase an, in
0: U.S. population, Ben.
1: I don't know. It's probably gone up a few million people in the past four years. Yeah, but
0: four-year-olds can't vote.
1: Yes, Michael. But there would have been sixteen-year-olds last time who couldn't vote who now can, right? You understand that yeah, everyone yeah. ages, yes? I agree. Asking that,
0: <laughs> you know, people say that there are no stupid questions.
1: There are no stupid questions. There are though,
0: because I've there are no I stupid questions.
1: <laughs> there are just snide answers. Yeah, that um, was a joke. <laughs> you, you just pulled a Trump. I was being sarcastic. <laughs> um, Develop
0: a sense of humor jesus
1: nick yeah it, can I, since we're sort of in the realm of it did you see the hunter biden news so this was this other thing right this was the this was the email thing was was the you know now sort was of that try to try to make it a, a bit of a scandal in october so that you know biden's <laughs> you know, credibility was shot in the lead up to the election, right? Mm. What were you going to say? I'm sorry.
0: I was going to say this is the, the one that was almost certainly planted by Russia.
1: Yeah. So here's, here's what I wanted to dive into. Um, I don't want to go into the whole backstory of the Hunter Biden thing because it's, it's fucking absurd. But mm. here is the most fascinating thing. This is an NBC News article. It is in the chapter title if you want to click and read it yourself. I'm going to skim over it a little bit. But one month before a purported leak of files from Hunter Biden's laptop, a fake intelligence document about him went viral on the right-wing internet, asserting an elaborate conspiracy theory involving former Vice President Joe Biden's son, and business in China. The document, a 64-page composition that was later disseminated by close associates of Donald Trump, appears to be the work of a fake intelligence firm called Typhoon Investigations, according to researchers and public documents. This is the fascinating thing. The author of the document, a self-identified Swiss security analyst named Martin Aspen, is actually a fabricated identity according to analysis by Disinformation Registered, who also concluded that Aspen's profile picture was created by an artificial intelligence face generator. The intelligence firm that Aspen listed as his previous employer said no one by that name had ever worked for the company and no one by that name lives in Switzerland, according to public records and social media searches. So this... Uh, You know, we can go into the depth of it. You can click on the link if you want to read it. But here's the headline, right? There's this conspiracy theory trying to smear the Biden campaign. And to do it, they made a fake identity. But more than that, they didn't just put this document out. They computer generated. They used AI to make a face that doesn't exist. And put that as the profile picture, claim that this was the real human. This is the future that we're living in now where, you know, fake information is not just backed up by like, oh, a dodgy website and here's the profile and history. It is accompanied by those face-generating AI algorithms so that if you were to click on that profile picture and search for it on the internet, you don't find anything else. It's It's not a stock image that you've used. It's not a real person you've claimed to be but isn't. It is going to get no other hits. And so passes an initial sniff test, right? If you were trying to yeah. verify the authenticity of this thing. Wow. What do you think about the intrusion of this fake face technology into our real world politics? Well, it's kind of scary. I, I just watched a documentary on,
0: um, it's called The Perfect Weapon. And I highly recommend it. A little dense, but it goes into uh, kind of you know that Seth Rogen movie, The Interview, and and the kind of North Korean hack. It's about hacking, about um, uh, hacking governments hacking each other, right? Um, and it's kind of, it t- kind of ties into a little bit of this with the with um, Iran and Russia influencing the elections. Yeah, and the thing that kind of scared me. Th- learning from that documentary was that that the u.s officials that they interviewed were like we had no idea that russia and iran cared this much about what happens in our election Mm. that's the interesting thing that russia has offices buildings even dedicated to creating memes Discrediting Hillary Clinton in twenty sixteen, uh, and creating disinformation and putting it out, even even to the point where they're scheduling protests with Black Lives Matter and yeah. white supremacists at the same time, yeah. so that they clash. Yeah, that shit has to be the scariest shit in the world. They they, they care that much.
1: There's gonna be a very interesting you know, retrospective on this era in which I think it's fairly reasonable to say we learned that Russia basically never treated the Cold War as over. They just mm-hmm. changed what kind of war it was from totally. a, a you know, a, a weapons, you know, a hot war, a, a hot Cold War to a, you know, technological Cold War in which mm. the sabotage that they were pulling was much more nefarious and much less... Um, you know, noticeable and yet arguably more effective. We know, you know, the Cambridge Analytica thing from the 2016 election. We know that these botnets and things were in place. We know that they gained access to polling systems. You know, they they have done a full, you know, years-long technological attack on Western democracy and in America in particular.
0: And you can imagine how f- being Putin how trump is such a gift to you and why such a you've gift got, you've got such an investment because he's putty in your hands because guys
1: with egos like that are so easy to manipulate yeah well and yes absolutely but also he is so he is so like fallible and he is so compromised like he owes hundreds of millions of dollars he you know has a history of um you know allegedly i suppose like seeing sex workers and getting people up to his hotel room and and all this kind of very basic stuff which any sort of um you know intelligence organization would flag it's like this is a problem this is a problem this is how people get compromised um but yes doubly so like trump is just the absolute gift right
0: yeah it's scary and and um and it's also scary because, like these government officials were saying in this documentary, like why do they care so much like why like that to me is the scary part that they that they have not that they have are trying to influence foreign elections, that they feel like they need to. Excuse me. Well, that
1: would be... Excuse me. That... <laughs> Please leave
0: that in. Please leave that in. We could have just... a new segment called Nick's Gassy. <laughs> <laughs> I just... A just jingle. And every, it just plays every time you burp or something. I just wanted to... I didn't want to start again
1: before I knew it was over. So I was just I thought you most... were
0: waiting me for me to finish?" And I was like, "Should I keep talking?" But no. <laughs> the belch.
1: Yeah. I I was I just didn't want to start and then immediately have to be like, "Oh, for god." <laughs> um it happened again. Um I don't remember what I was going to say now. Uh,
0: I said something about um why do those foreign countries feel like Oh yeah, thank people?
1: you. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, one of the big ones is that during the Cold War and and in the aftermath, there were sanctions placed on Russia. They they still can't trade with a lot of countries around the world. You know, there are there were issues when they uh, what's the word annexed Crimea, right? Like they they have done you know serious kind of antagonistic shit on the world stage, and they have suffered um, you know economic and other penalties f- as a result. So if you can get a leader into um, a position in which they might be indebted to you or favourable to you, then there's a chance they will lift that kind of restriction and you can ban it economically and politically from a easier go of things.
0: I mean, I get I get that to a certain degree, but what I don't get is the the concept of wanting to gain more power. I just fundamentally don't understand why... I get, you know, you want the best for your country, but Russia and China are both vying for some sort of superpower um, position, and I just can't process why they care (laughs) about that.
1: I guess that they see you know it's a culture war isn't it it's it's the idea that you know if other people are out there i, I mean this this is a loose analogy so forgive me but like in the same way that you know a religious person might fight against the legalization of abortion say or mm. um you know the decriminalization of drugs because morally or culturally, they feel like it is uh, antithetical to what they believe and what they want the world to be, right? In the same way, China, I think, views Western democracy as a threat to what they want the world to be, right? Same with Russia. They they see these sanctions on them as preventing them from shaping the world the way they want it. Um, and, you know, to be fair, America doesn't want to cede control of that because they like being quote-unquote you know the leader of the free world the you know the linchpin of western democracy all that kind of thing so it is it is a it's a culture war at the heart of it it's it's a technological war it's sometimes a a hot war with actual guns firing but at the at the core of it right it is an idea about what is the world what do we think it should be what are our people entitled to what are we as a country entitled to and if you're gonna stand in our way, well then you're our enemy.
0: Yeah, I get I I get that concept broadly speaking, but boiling it down, we're talking about like a few individuals deciding like the direction of a country. You know, that's the thing that I don't get. Like at an individual level there there are people in charge that are trying to move China forward or trying to move America you know, we want to be... Like, I, that's the part that I don't get, that there are individuals trying to move the country. Yeah. Do you know what I mean?
1: I mean, it is... I, I do understand what you're saying, that it's odd in a weird way that, you know, the lives of 8 billion people can sort of be shaped by three men. Um, I guess
0: it's a distillation, you know, of the country's values. or of. But, but it, it also feels like... That is, especially in in places like China or Russia or America now, that the people in charge are not a reflection necessarily of um, the country or the people in the country that they are in charge of, but they are more like they're running a um, a, a dictatorship an, or or autocracy, is autocracy. The right word?
1: Sure. Yeah. It's um, it's about holding on to their own power at that point, not servicing the will of the people.
0: Yeah, and so that that that's the disconnect for me that I I, I just can't wrap my head around really.
1: Yeah, uh, it is isn't it, yeah it's a very interesting and complex area. The idea of eroding democracy, because I mean, China is one thing, and Russia is sort of a different thing as well. Though they have increasingly become, you know, the Putin show where previously they had some semblance of elections, I believe. But watching America, you know, that's a fascinating historical event, isn't it? Like, there'll be books here, you know, 100 years on about how they went from a a functioning democracy, for the most part, even one with its own weird electoral college quirks, to one that was corruptible, right? and, you know, I'm not saying they're unique in that worldwide, but it, it is a fascinating journey, really, to see how mm. s- how easily things can fall apart and how representative democracy can go from the expected norm to actually, well, I don't have to follow those rules and, like, nothing happens.
0: <laughs> totally. But do you think, so let's play this out. If Biden, Biden wins, do you think, That America restores itself or gets back to some sort of normality or at least pre-Trump normality. I mean, guys like Lindsey Graham and and Mitch McConnell, they, I mean, I just can't. they want to go back to fucking, you know, the Bush years. Yeah. They don't like Trump. They deal with Trump. They, they have put up with Trump. He's happens to be the guy. They're not happy about it. They I don't want think it, that's. I don't think that's true. Among, in the Senate as well, I, I
1: don't know that that's true. Mitch McConnell has said that his ability to like pass two hundred, three hundred judges, whatever it's been in this Trump term, has been one of the greatest highlights of his career. He got like three Supreme Court justices. That's that was, you know, he'll die well, happy knowing that the he's.
0: Republicans play dirty. They've always been good at that. Yeah, um, if you can call it good. Maybe the Democrats need to play more dirty, but you, you also don't want to. You don't want to. You don't want to match. You know the level that you're kind of disgusted with.
1: But that that's I guess. that's the that's the most sort of interesting fundamental issue about the ideological battle between the left and the right in that country, at least. Mm. It, it's true to a certain extent in other places, but you know our electoral system, Australia's electoral system, they're all much more um i don't know objective and rigorous and uh, yeah from the democratic point of view you know the younger more progressive democrats coming up in this party have been advocating for much more aggressive reactions to the republicans and i think some of the older institutional democrats are stuck in this mindset that you know this this is a good faith fight and they have certain beliefs and we have certain beliefs and at the end of the day we just you know we can talk it out and you know i think the evidence suggests that people like mitch mcconnell have actually no interest in being you know um consistent Uh, In in terms of their ideology, you only have to look at the Supreme Court thing as an example where they refused to appoint Obama's um, nomination eight months out from the election because it was an election year. And then they pushed through Amy Coney Barrett in, you know, literally the few weeks before this election.
0: They don't give a fuck. They, they don't really. You can play the
1: tape. In yeah.
0: tw- <laughs> whatever year it was, you can play the tape of me saying that this comes up again. Yeah. And then you play the tape, and they're like, "I don't care." About yeah, it. I
1: don't care. Why? Why? Yeah. The, that is the, that, is, totally within their abilities. And the democratic response to that is like, oh well, you know, you know I guess, yeah. and if i was you know the progressive members at the base of that party looking at the 75 80 year old you know leaders in that thing who are just like well oh, well you know we couldn't oh, uh, i would be so fucking frustrated That's like the there's impression of the democrats it's like my nancy pelosi right the um, no, she's tough as nails though she mm, but she's so ineffective like honest to god mm. the strongest argument as to why trump waltzed back into this is because they decided not to make a like a big deal out of every single one of his scandals right he has had so many fucking scandals so many like what do you do so that many well if you are fox news you can invent a scandal and you can treat it for like Six months as the biggest fucking thing of the year—the Hillary's emails things. How many fucking Benghazi hearings did she sit through? All yeah, of the she's stuff. Not the, the Republicans, she's not the media. No, my point is the Republicans can manufacture outrage or uh, stick to a political guns in order to you know stand their ground and get concessions from the Democrats. But the Democrats don't have that bone in their body to go. You fucking, you know, you uh, solicited help from Ukraine in order to improve your electoral chances and then bring in all of the other impeachable shit he did that, like, still holding, you know, assets and making a profit off the presidency. That's against the fucking law. It's been against the law for four years now. And they've never done anything, right? Mm. Like, if the Democrats had the same dogmatic drive to make hay out of every single issue, then I think they would have had a stronger case of convincing average American voters that Trump was a complete fuckwit. But because sure. they sort of, like, skate through this stuff, like, oh, well, we tried. We could have we could have refused to hold this vote for Amy Coney Barrett, but we'll do the right thing. They <laughs> just get
0: away with this shit. But don't you think when things are coming at you, like, I mean, the volume of shit that they've had to deal with is unprecedented. But in what yeah. other in they what, run the risk of of being drowned out? I mean, they, in if what they bring other, up every little thing. Like it's like, oh, the, the the Democrats have got another fucking thing to complain
1: about. Yeah, that's the entire Republican playbook. In what other right. country does an actual illegal scandal not count as valid, like ammunition in the fight? for, uh, you know, uh, election, for seats, for representation? In what other place would you be like, oh, my opponent committed an actual crime on the books, dead to rights. He admitted it on camera. And you go, well, we could do something about that, but
0: maybe he will just not do it again.
1: I'm loving these.
0: I'm loving these personifications of of the Democrats. By the way, amazing. Uh, Um. So so if Trump loses, he could he legitimately get put away? Yeah, is that a thing? Yeah, there was an article in the Guardian. For real, for real, could he could he go to jail?
1: Yeah, there there there's a article in the Guardian talking about exactly that. The um. The likelihood that one of the reasons he doesn't want to be <laughs> out of office is because he can be like prosecuted. Well, you or, said this
0: last pod, but I mean, is it realistic or is it just like one of those things that I'm going to bring it, like it up so say. that
1: I'm just going to grab it? Uh, so there was an article in The Guardian uh, the other day called The Real Reason Trump is Terrified of Losing the Presidency Fear of Prosecution. Um, and this went through um, a little bit of the specificity as to the actual realistic way that this could <laughs> be an actual threat to him. Um, the uh, the author here, uh, Samir Shehata, um, says that the uh, United States is hardly an autocracy. It might better be described as a flawed democracy, but its president behaves... Autocracy. Autocracy. <laughs> a flautocracy yeah, yeah. there you go that's it was, quite good it was right there it was right there um it behaves a lot like an autocrat and it's worth remembering as the election looms that autocratic leaders do not like to give up their power um, there's lots of benefits that accompany political office, but there's a lot of uh, another more important reason they often try to retain power almost at any cost, even after losing elections or completing their terms. After two decades of researching and writing about autocratic politics in the Middle East, I call this the autocrat's dilemma. Losing power can expose them to accountability, prosecution, and potential jail time. As a result, autocrats are often read willing to break laws, rig elections, create chaos, and even use violence to retain power. So if Trump loses the election, there may be calls to investigate and prosecute him for possible crimes involving obstruction of justice, violating the Emolument Clause of the Constitution, that's the holding um, assets and making money off the presidency, and or tax fraud, among others. Um, Citizen Trump would face investigation without the luxury of executive privilege or... The legal chicanery of the Attorney General William Barr, who has acted more like Trump's personal lawyer than the nation's top law enforcement official, and has protected him. So, Trump has even more reason to lie, cheat, and sow discord in order to retain office, because losing the White House could land him in court or even behind bars. Um, the They go on a bit here to talk about how the Mueller didn't produce a smoking gun, proving that Trump conspired with Russia. But he also didn't exonerate him. And after the investigation, over a thousand former federal prosecutors from both parties signed a letter stating that Trump's conduct, as described in the investigation, would warrant multiple felony charges for obstruction of justice if it weren't for his policy, as in the Office of Legal Counsel's policy, of not indicting a sitting president. So, anyway, there's, there's plenty of reason... To suspect that there are states, there are attorneys general in um, various places where his businesses operate that Mm. are probably sitting on strong cases and waiting for him to leave office so that they can, you know, begin the proceedings.
0: Wouldn't that be unreal just to see Trump in handcuffs? Yeah, I mean... And it's funny as well, because when he got elected, people were speculating, including me and probably you, that he even wanted the presidency in the first place. That's it, right? And it's kind of, I mean, I feel like I have no evidence to back this up, but I feel like there's probably an element of that, knowing him as a person, um, especially over the last four years. That, that there's probably an element of truth in there that he wanted to win the game but he was not up for the responsibility um or the dedication of the job of the presidency but well and now- I think also
1: like um uh morally personality I I, I don't know the ex- the exact phrasing here but he he didn't even have the interest in in the other in other people like he didn't mm. he didn't actually care about where america was going what america you know and its citizens were suffering what could be better what needed to mm. change what challenges and international crises it faced he didn't actually care about america right the only reason he went for this thing was self-serving
0: yeah yeah the the power, um, the, power the power but also
1: the, like, ego boost and also the proving Obama wrong and also the, like, strip down everything that he built Seth because Myers. that man made fun of me. <laughs> Seth miles yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: but how how funny if, if now he's clinging on to the presidency because yeah. the only thing separating him between uh, him and, you know, prison time. Yeah. Um Crazy world, man. Like, can you imagine just going back to 2014 and just explaining what 2020 was like like just try and imagine explaining to yourself yeah imagine trying to explain on this podcast to each other yeah i'm like hey nick i'm from the future yeah we're in year two of the pod things are going great year two we've got five (laughs) listeners up from four last year yeah it's a 20 percent upgrade yeah um just came to tell you that The Donald Trump is the president of the United States and also global pandemic uh, that has shut the entire world down for the majority of the year.
1: Isn't it so weird? That is... uh, uh, I don't mean to break what was, you know, the potential there for a comedic sketch, but, like, what you said actually really made me think. Like, if I had explained to myself even a year ago, by the way... Next year, there's going to be a virus that ravages the Earth, kills a million people, you won't be able to leave your house, you'll be just, like, entirely at the whims of an unseeable enemy and subject to the political decisions of everyone in the world. Like, it is... It is actually a very good point how fucking crazy that is. Like, if you had told, like, in December last year, yeah. by the way, just write off next year in terms of, like, where you want to go or, like, going home to Oz, really yeah. just enjoy it while you're back home for Christmas because you won't get there next year because of the, the pandemic that kicks in. You'd be yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And especially here, and I wasn't going into
0: a sketch or anything. I was. Uh, this is something I've thought about. Yeah. Even just... The I mean everyone, everyone in Victoria is wearing a mask. Yeah, everyone. I mean, if someone's not wearing a mask, you stand out. That's how. That's how. That's how weird it is. Yeah. If you're not wearing a mask, you
1: look Other like yeah. a
0: crazy person. Yeah. Um, and just the idea of just going out to the house and everyone is wearing a mask. I mean, imagine if you just woke up from a coma and just walked outside and just saw everyone wearing masks. It'd be like the fuck has happened yeah
1: there you know what statistically genuinely there are people who woke up in comas from comas this year right i want (sighs) to talk to those i want to talk to them um now speaking of like
0: talking to our past selves (laughs) yeah
1: now speaking of covid um just because we're sort of on this track um how do you feel about some science news oh dude Okay, let me give you I some science news.
0: love some science news. Ugh, play the jingle.
1: <laughs> it's that time. Time for science news.
0: Every week, I'm, I'm trying to act as more enthused than the last. That's good, but last I do time. feel
1: like it's also genuine. It's like one of those things where if you force to yourself to smile, then you yeah. start to feel happy.
0: Sure, I know I, I gen- genuinely love
1: science news. Yeah, would this could also be. Day. What was that?
0: I just said I would love to do a science news myself one day.
1: Oh, you think? You think you could do a science news? Uh,
0: I mean. I would like to think that I could do a science
1: mm, That's pretty, it's a pretty high bar over in I science I mean, you news. did a weird news. <laughs> yeah, again, there's a pretty high bar in science news. Yes. Uh, well, just well you height. know what? This could actually be a weird news. This could be, this is in the This is in the realm. It's a, so weird, we, it's a weird science news. You've just fucked me twice then. I'm a double you're gonna. It. You've double
0: fucked me. You're going to do a science news and then you switched it and now you're going to do my segment again.
1: You know, let's call it Let's call it a science news. All right. But just know there's an asterisk.
0: I'm going to have a science news next week.
1: Mm, we'll see about that. Okay, here we go. Uh, Reuters. Reuters. Reuters? Reuters. 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 Not,
0: not Reuters.
1: Not Reuters, sorry. you said What is wrong. this, Hooters? <laughs> <laughs> well, Reuters is exactly the same kind of implication, isn't it? Um, it's like
0: Hooters, but for journalism.
1: Yeah. Uh, Reuters says... Denmark plans to cull its mink population after a coronavirus mutation spreads to humans. What the fuck is a mink? A mink is, you know, ermine, you know, stoat, you know, those little weaselly animals. Let me. You've. Okay.
0: I was picturing a reindeer for some reason.
1: Okay. You're wrong. (laughs) I'll. Everyone on the podcast who hasn't heard of minks before, have a look at the image. There's a picture I know of a, a mink. Minx.
0: Oh you kidding? Wow, that's crazy! Look at that. Look at what? It just popped up on my thing.
1: Yeah, I sent you a chat message in Skype. It just like came up all over your face. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Weird. Um, the, a mink. Okay. Mink is like a. It's like a an animal. Like a weasel. It's like a weasely animal. Ew. Okay, so here's the here's the story. Copenhagen. Denmark will cull its mink population of up to 17 million after a mutation of the coronavirus found in the animals spread to humans, the Prime Minister said Wednesday. Health authorities found virus strains in humans and in mink, which showed decreased sensitivity against antibodies, potentially lowering the efficacy of future vaccines. We have a great responsibility towards our own population, said Prime Minister Mette Frederiksen. But with the mutation that has now been found, we have an even greater responsibility for the rest of the world as well. The findings, which have been shared with the WHO, were based on laboratory tests by the State Serum Institute, the Danish authority dealing with infectious diseases. They are, blah, 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 calling for investigations into the number of people uh, infected with coronavirus from mink that have had some genetic changes in the virus. The Danish authorities are investigating the epidemiological and virological significance of these findings. Authorities in Denmark said five cases of the new virus strain had been recorded on mink farms and 12 cases in humans. And that there were between 15 and 17 million mink in the country. Outbreaks at mink farms have persisted in the Nordic country, the world's largest producer of mink furs, despite repeated efforts to cull infected animals since June. So Denmark's police, army, and home guard will be deployed to speed up the culling progress. Uh, culling process. Uh, they are basically killing. killing... Know what that means? Like. Like, what are the specifics though? They, the army's gonna go kill a ferret. They're gonna kill 17 million mink because How? this. How you guys doing that? Gassing them? Mm, I'm gonna. A bit... It's a very good question. I don't know. I presume they probably do the same thing that they normally do when they kill them. Like it's a fur trade, which is kind of fucked in the first place, to be honest. Oh, but, yeah. But um, they're gonna just go through and be like, nah, all dead. No coronavirus in this thing anymore. We're gonna kill every mink in this country
0: oh it's gonna be a genocide
1: it is a mink genocide
0: oh boy i feel bad for minks but also you are ugly so you deserve it
1: beautiful fur beautiful fur though beautiful coats beautiful coats. Oh, i wonder
0: if they'll use all the fur
1: well i guess they probably will <laughs> right they would just I mean, kind it of it be
0: insulting to the mink community to not yeah. use the fur
1: yeah but see here's like, the economic problem now yeah. you have 17 million mink around you've got all of this like mm. oversupply prices go down oh, you know yeah. difficult difficult not problems valuable anymore. then yeah. you have to
0: go back to foxes yeah <laughs> then you're back <laughs> to the fox problem
1: <laughs> um i have a second story here which i also thought was kind of interesting and it's Are you- completely unrelated
0: double science news. i've got a double i serious
1: i'm gonna double fuck you i told you All right. um this one i think you'll also find interesting mm-hmm. in a tibetan cave archaeologists find evidence of a mysterious ancestor this is a um an article on stuff that i think my friend fee put in the group chat um Researchers from Australia, working in a holy cave high on the Tibetan plateau, have unearthed a cache of stone tools, animal bones, and DNA from modern humans' most mysterious ancestor, the Denisovans. These are cousins of Neanderthals. Have you heard of Denisovans before? No. I hadn't heard of them either. I didn't realize that they were like members of our family tree that we're still like learning about. Denisovans contributed about 5% of Aboriginal Australians' DNA, yet we have never found a single complete fossil, just fragments of fingers and jaw. We know only that they lived across Asia between forty-five and 400,000 years ago, often at altitudes that most modern humans could not survive. Modern humans encountered encountered them sometime after we left Africa, but then they disappeared, leaving almost no trace. Now... In 2019, archaeologists tentatively linked a fragment of jawbone found in this cave to Denisovans, but many experts were sceptical. There was no DNA proof. Now the researchers are back with a new report in science backed by a team of Australian specialists, and they have DNA. They're calling it a slam dunk. The dating's really secure. Um, Basically... Recent research suggests that our family tree has many branches and they fold back on themselves and intermingle. intermingle. Um, Modern humans left Africa perhaps 200,000 years ago, but they did not head over here directly. The world was already teeming with other species of humans from Neanderthal and Denisovans and Homo floresiensis found in Indonesia, and they all interbred. And modern Tibetans, here's the, here's the interesting thing, modern Tibetans have a Denisovan gene from this other species of human which helps them survive at high altitude. Mm. So the reason that they are comfortable living in that high, you know, low oxygen, high altitude area is a direct result of the interbreeding between modern humans and other, like, homo, you know, XYZ breeds. Cool. Isn't that kind of like fascinating that the actual real-world implications of the crazy other varieties of species of humanity that once existed?
0: Yeah, it's crazy that we've never heard of these guys.
1: Yeah. And why did we survive when all of these other ones became ex- extinct? What was special about us, you know?
0: Yeah, you know um a lo- lo- bit of a loose tangent here, but um oh not really. But um I'm a big, big uh, star watcher guy. Could have said that in (laughs) less words. Chose not to. Yeah. I love looking up the stars. One of my favorite things. And Emma, the other night, I was looking up the stars. I was pointing out where all the planets were because the other night you could see Jupiter, Saturn, Neptune, uh, Uranus, 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 and Mars. Uranus and Mars all up in the sky at the same time. And I was trying to explain to Emma, she was like, Why what? Because every time I go up to the roof or whatever, I pointed out to her and she just doesn't care. And I was like, I don't yeah. get that you don't care. She was like, well, explain to me why you care so much. Yeah. And it was like, good question. And forced me to think about it. And I think what it was, and it, we'll come back to this uh, science news, was that when I look up at the stars and I see Jupiter in the sky, even though it's like a speck, what I see there is, first of all, that anyone that you've ever heard of in human history has been able to look up and see the moon or Jupiter. Like, Jesus looked up and saw the same moon that we're looking at. Yeah. So there's that. Galileo. All those guys.
1: <laughs> all the gang. Um, <laughs> the Obama. team. Um, did you know that obama when he looks up in the night sky he sees the same moon that we see
0: Uh, yeah trump sees his reflection somehow but uh, (laughs) yeah um but jupiter is responsible for all life on earth and this is how i'm tying it back in that jupiter because of its gravity was able to create this asteroid belt which has helped the protect the earth from all these flying space objects because the asteroid belt cleans up all these kind of yeah. all this kind of space debris but it also f- f- one as one i don't know what to call it meteor or asteroid flung out of the asteroid belt uh, hit the earth killed off the dinosaurs which led to the rise of tree mammals yeah us yeah so when i the thing that that baffles me and that really, I feel like connects me to the earth is that those speckly stars up in the sky that look like nothing are actually very much a part of who, like they have given me the ability to look back at
1: them. They are the forefathers. They like, they begat us.
0: Right. And so when, when, when you, yeah, it was a loose tangent, wasn't it? No, I
1: I I very much like that. I I think that's a very quintessential deep thought, thought isn't it? That mm. the diversion into the sense of self, the history of humanity and astrophysics all at once. I, I think that was rather beautiful actually.
0: Thanks. When you say about the the evolution and the and you know recognizing you know a species of human beings that we haven't really heard about i don't know there's a part of me that just like it's just thrilling to think about that stuff and you really feel connected and you feel like an animal and i like feeling like an animal sometimes
1: (laughs) yeah a a connected part of the rest of the world yeah well if you've enjoyed that kind of deep rumination there is plenty more of it on our previous episodes you can jump onto deepfort.podbean.com if you're really confused about where to go but you could just scroll down in this podcast player of yours and pick a different episode you know there's fun stuff why not try 95 have you tried 95 lately (laughs) try 95 i think that's a good one why not um i i don't quote me but You know, (laughs) yeah, hold on.
0: We might might want to check that one.
1: (laughs) Uh, I think that's a safe one. Um, If you want to follow us in other places, facebook.com slash deepfort, twitter.com slash deepfort, get some notifications when an episode goes live. We're on Instagram. You can search for us. We're on SoundCloud. If you want to hear our jingles, we're on Apple Podcasts. So give us the old five-star rating. If you happen to be hanging out there, it's, it will be very kind of you. I appreciate it. And uh, if you have any questions or comments or topic suggestions, hit the old Gmail bag. Send it to deepfort at gmail dot com, and we will answer your questions.
0: Sure, will. I I have access now to the Gmail account, so I'll be right on there. Have you um,
1: uh, Have you No, uh, explored? no you haven't even up, no, logged no, into it. No, you, no
0: send... I I don't think I even care. Like I just want. <laughs> I, it's <laughs> just the act of it. That I really want it. Yeah.
1: You complained for literally years that I didn't give you access. I gave you the access, and you haven't logged in. <laughs>
0: it's it's it wasn't about the access, Nick. no.
1: It was it was a it was a a personal issue, I think.
0: Hey, I wanted to get your input on something. Yeah, do it. Um, do it, girlfriend. So sorry. This is, <laughs> no, no. Sorry, let's not. I mean, you can do it. I can't. Yes, queen. Um, yes, queen. <laughs> it's it's going to be called Yasquid <laughs> for no reason. It's just about politics. <laughs> it's just no real. Option. Yeah. Um, uh, um, maybe something. Maybe I think maybe maybe should something clearly election related.
1: I think maybe it should something clearly election related.
0: <laughs> I stand by every word in that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> this is why I don't choose the titles. So I so this is a an interesting. I don't know what is it, it was not a dilemma or anything, but I had um. So Emma and I went to the beach a few days ago, and we had a lovely time. And we went to stop off to get fish and chips on the way home. And we had an esky that we brought with us, and we went to get out of the car, and then Emma said, "Oh, I, f- I forgot my phone or something." Or, Keys, whatever. And so I was like, I'll... where are they? She said, I think they're in the esky. So I put my... I'm rifling through this esky with pockets. And I all of a sudden feel this sh- really sharp pain. And I take up my finger and it is covered in blood. It's like almost shooting out blood. It's Whoa. like an insane amount of blood. And it turns out there had been there was a steak knife in there from an earlier picnic that Emma went on. And it just cut... It just... Like, my hand just went right... My finger went right through this fucking knife. Why
1: did you not give me a warning that this is where the story was going?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, so, I take out my hand and I go, Fuck! And Emma's like, What? And And she sees my hand covered in blood. And so this is this is the thing so my it was emma it was emma's esky she left a steak knife in the esky right so my first thought was like for some reason even though i had clearly bigger things to worry about i was like my brain went i want to blame you i want to blame you for leaving in the the steak knife like open in a bag yeah it's interesting that you, that your brain kind of goes there but I was I don't know like it was kind of a murky one because it's kind of not her fault but also it kind of is I just wanted to get what you, like how would you react because I feel like you would react like if I let you put your hand in a bag and forgot about <sighs> a steak knife. <laughs> 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 that you would be so angry at me for letting you do that. But I also if I just... Let,
1: I, if, I, if I let I, you put my hand in a bag with a steak knife. <laughs> um,
0: but I also didn't... Well, I just like... I think... I mean, I got over it pretty quickly. But I think I just wanted some acknowledgement from her that, um, that it was like, I just wanted like, oh, I'm sorry. I feel kind of bad. But I didn't get any of that. Oh. She was, it was like no acknowledgement. And I'm not mm. even sure if it was her fault. But uh, yeah, it made yes. me kind of sour.
1: Thank you for coming you to me, the um, the relationship expert. Um, this is in my wheelhouse. And I'm glad that you have the uh, the confidence in my judiciary ability to, to decide this for you. Um. This is a...
0: uh what, Sorry? I just said, "Well, it doesn't mm, skeptical." Okay. It well, skeptical what, okay,
1: if, if you've got other, have you got other people to speak to about this?
0: I've got no one, dude. You <laughs> might, you might only. <laughs> the so then,
1: let's cut the sass, hey? All right, let's turn let's that cut. sass back down. Um, it is a, it is a tough one. It is the, mm. it's what you know. I like to call an unforced error, in the sense sure. that, you know, you did this to yourself. At the same time. Yes there were factors in that if she hadn't put a steak knife in that bag, you would have not hurt yourself. That is undeniable, yeah. right? Mm. At the same time, you were doing the old, you know, Reckless Rifle. <laughs> if you hadn't... <laughs> by the way,
0: Reckless Rifle brought to you by Pepsi.
1: Well, I was going to say Reckless Rifle, one of my favourite indie bands. Uh, the uh, If you'd been paying slightly more attention, you'd have kept your eyes open, perhaps this was an avoidable mm. situation, right? Yeah, I guess. Um I suppose I the instinctual reaction of like what the fuck? Why would you I think that's quite normal because I think in any situation where your body is like feeling pain or where you've hurt yourself or something like that, it reacts in an animal way, which is that mm. I'm being attacked and something is mm. doing this to me, right?
0: So that's what you think it is. You think your brain's kind of going into a how do i work out who attacked me so Uh, because because my my thought process in analyzing it after was that like i was searching for blame where blame was so not important or not useful in that moment
1: yeah and i i i think part of that process is that that's like a that's the modern human brain equivalent of i'm going to fight back right searching for blame is that Mm. i well i'm not going to punch the person that did this but it is that i'm gonna you know accuse them of of guilt here i'm gonna hold them responsible for what they did to me right um so as a as a response i don't think that that's like um abnormal or irrational well it's, it's it might be slightly irrational but like it's not unusual the um, the question is ultimately does the blame matter because if it was if it was something that had happened deliberately that she deliberately put it there to try and put a knife in for you well then sure it's like okay what the fuck you deliberately put that knife there and you said hey have you seen my keys? I think it's in that right pocket. <laughs> just put your hand in there. Well then I, that- by the
0: way, I'm not rolling that out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if that was the situation, then it's like, okay, we need to have some words now. Hmm. In a situation in which the causality is a little bit less clear, hmm. you know, what 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 does blame do? It is probably ultimately just a fleeting reaction and you know, doesn't need to be really dwelled on too much. I think the more interesting question is, why was Emma not sympathetic? You know, like, is, if, does she love you as a person? And... <laughs> well, <laughs> so, no, well, that's now not we're what really getting into the hard <laughs> <way>. <laughs> that's No, not but what so,
0: I think she, I think... Because I haven't spoken to her about this. <laughs> this has just, all been in your head. I just harbored resentment, <laughs> like a grown man, yeah. um, and then talked about it on this podcast before actually consulting her. I think that's what fair. I do. You want to know
1: I'm where saying. you stand?
0: Yeah. But I think in her head, she was probably going through the same thought process. Like, should I feel responsible for this? And she's kind of stubborn as well. And she probably thought, Nah. And if I say oh, I'm sorry, I feel bad, then that's kind of me Ambition admitting... of guilt, guilt. yeah. Guilt. Um, so, so it was a I stubborn enough. I think it was a stubborn enough. Not to be confused with a strong-enough. Strong enough. Yeah, yep. I had the same
1: thought. Um, a bag of strong-enough, it would be just as unpleasant to put your hand into. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I think potentially this, this situation could have been deflated if she had been... A bit more.
0: Oh, are you okay? Well, that's the thing. I would have instantly just gone like, "Oh, cool, no worries." Yeah, yeah. but it's 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 just this weird thing when you analyze like human psych- psychology like that. Like a lot of it, human psychology, when you're in like a flight or f- fight or
1: flight response, if that's even what it is, it's so weird. It doesn't make sense. Well, it doesn't make rational sense. No, it's all like gut instinct and, you know, body defense systems and that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah, it's so weird when your body acts primarily. It's, like, so out of your control. It's like, this is the animal in me reacting. This is not me.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a bit of a tangent, but it's in the same way, like, I used to have, um, you know, bouts of anxiety, and that's the same kind of rational thing where your body is freaking out, and it's like... Your heart is going wild and you're like trembling or you're like, you know, struggling to breathe or whatever, you know, the symptoms are. And you're like, as a Mm. rational brain, you're like, I know there is no immediate danger. I'm not about to be like eaten by a lion, but my body is, is misbehaving. It's doing things beyond my control. And it's weird to have that sort of confrontation between your brain and and your your body, body. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's scary because you've completely lost control. Because you like to think of your your mind and your body as being kind of connected, which they are, but then also sometimes they're not.
1: Well, and that the body's subordinate to the brain, but it's not. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So actually, that did actually help. So okay, good. Thanks.
0: I'll so- um I'll bring it up with her over dinner. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sure she'll <laughs> appreciate that. Nick thinks you owe me an apology. <laughs>